Hey, hey, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Tan, and I'm so happy you're joining me today. This show is all about human performance. So if anything has an impact on the way you perform and show up as your best self, then we want to know about it and we want to talk about it. So we explore anything from the physical side of training, exercise, fitness, nutrition, to the mental aspect of performing at your best, getting your mindset right, growth mindset. We look at emotions and how that can play a part in your performance and also the spiritual side of things. So we really want to make sure that we cover all the absolute aspects of what could have an impact on your performance. The beauty of this is that you can take what resonates with you, apply it and see how that impacts the way you show up because there's nothing like being able to take information, use what you need and discover your extraordinary potential because you've had the chance to explore something new. So it's really exciting to be able to talk to all these different professionals, all these different incredible athletes from the elite to your weekend warrior about all the ways and strategies that they're using to perform at their best. And on today's episode, I have the wonderful opportunity of talking with the amazing Leah McLeod, human design reader. She is incredible. And today's episode is such a wealth of knowledge. And the most hilarious thing is we're really only scratching the surface of what human design is. And I found out, well, I found human design a couple of years ago, and it was one of those things where I took one look at it and went, I don't understand this and I don't know how I could apply this. And I just kind of left it. And then I came back to it last year. Well, I actually, I didn't even come to it. It came to me. Um, I, it came up in a conversation with friends and, and I decided to look more into it. And the things that I have discovered about myself, my design, how I show up, what I should be doing, how I should do things. And I say should, obviously you do things how it feels good for you, right? But for me, it resonated so much in the sense that as soon as I started making decisions that were in alignment with my human design, gosh, things just started falling into place for me and I feel better and I feel more joyful. It's, it's really a profound experience when, when I think about it. And Leah is so wonderful in how she explains what feels like such an intricate and in-depth um, method and She's just she's just wonderful in the way she explains it all. So if you've never heard of human design, what I would say to you is listen to this episode and listen to what really resonates with you. And if something, you know, kind of triggers you in the sense that, yeah, actually, you know, I remember a time when I did this and I felt like this and it all worked out really well. Or on the flip side, I remember a time when I felt like this, but I went and did this instead because I thought that was the better way to do something, um, but I should have listened to how I felt. Then Just take it all in today. And if you want to take this further, then I, I really encourage you to go to um, the Design of You, which is Leah's website. And she has, you know, you can um, 
you can download your chart for free and that'll give you a really good understanding of um, the surface level of what you need. And it's exactly what we're talking about today. So what I love about Leah and and her website and all the resources that she provides is it's really easy to understand. And one of the quotes that she has on her website, I'd really love to read it to you because it's it just I feel like it really connects and resonates with with me, this podcast and everything that we're doing. So on there, she says, human design is a tool for high performance, making it easier to follow and materialize what you truly want in life with every decision you make. Human design sheds light on your emotional, psychological, and energetic makeup giving you the self-awareness and tools to align with your nature and step into your highest potential in every area of your life, your career, partnerships, and relationships. For me, that says it all, and I'm sold. I know you'll love this. If you're a bit skeptical on what this could be, give it a chance. Sit through it and see how it feels and comes across for you. Let's dive straight into this awesome conversation with the wonderful Leah McLeod of The Design of You. Leah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. We're chatting all things human design and I came across it probably in 2021 now and at that stage I'm like, I don't know what this is. This is too much. I'm just going to leave this. And then, of course, as things do, it made its way back into my life or popped back up into my life. And I thought, okay, let's dive deeper here. I think this is something that I need to look into. And it was one of those things where I found it just, it resonated so much. The more I got to know my design, the more I felt like I knew me and I knew why I would do the things I do. And it just gave me permission to be me. It was mm-hmm. so, it was such a profound experience and it changed the way I made decisions and it changed the way I was in groups. And and it's hilarious now. I'm like, you know, whenever I'm around people, I'm like, so um, <laughs> do you want to just figure out your human design? Yeah. Just so I can see. <laughs> it's yep. just such a funny thing and it's been an incredible experience. Um, and when I read your, and I've got your booklet, it's huge difference to me because obviously it's so deep. Yeah. And it's so incredible. And anyone who wants to learn more about this needs to head to your website and go do that. But it's just, it really gives you a deeper understanding of yourself. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. been so profound for me. And it's hilarious because I've read your website about you page and I've never (laughs) resonated with someone so much in my life. (laughs) Oh my God. You, you're a constant researcher and you're analyzing who you are. And I'm like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Anything where I can get to know myself and show up as my best self, like I I will do it. I will learn it. I want to integrate it um so I thought that was really cool also I'm also an ENFJ just thought (laughs) oh my gosh okay so we're so much alike and this is the first time those listening this is the first time we've met we've only just emailed a few times and so love it I love and you know I I you know I'm one of those people and it might just be because in my human design I love to research things but 
I love a thorough about me page. Like I want to know a lot about people. Like I'm very nosy and curious. So (laughs) Um, I made sure that my about me page on my website has just like a bunch of information about me because yeah, you never know who's like, wow, that's just like me, you know? Exactly. That's it. And that was exactly what I got. So I would really love to, before we dive deep into what human design is, I would love to know your journey with human design and, you know, the impacts it's had on your life. Yeah. Oh man. So it's such a really layered story, but the kind of long, the short and long of it is, so I found human design years ago, uh, or as I like to say, human design found me similarly to like kind of what you said at the beginning. And really it was at the time, something that was really new. And there wasn't a lot of content around human design that existed. It's still so new. It was discovered in 1987. So it's like still a baby. And so when I had heard about human design, I remember, I think I was listening to a podcast and I Googled like a little bit about it to look up my chart. And at the time it was like, there's just nothing here. There was no kind of like, it didn't make any sense. I was like, okay, great. I'm a generator. What does that mean? And it was kind of like, you had to pay a bunch of money to learn about yourself. And so I I never did anything with it. So then I, um, I, I kind of dropped it, forgot all about it. And what we were kind of talking about in the beginning where we were just talking about like personality tests and things like I'm someone who loves self-discovery. I love personality tests. And so I spent a lot of my life kind of trying to figure out who I was. So I had just spent so much time trying to like figure out who I was and I loved the personality tests, and I I've always loved astrology and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so when human design found me, it was at the beginning of 2020, I was on Instagram and an influencer that I follow, she's like a wellness influencer. And she had just had a reading. She's like, Oh my gosh, she just had the most amazing human design reading. If you haven't heard of it. And it was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot all about that thing. So I had scheduled a reading with the girl that she shared about. And I just had one of those inner knowings where it was like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm, I'm, this is like meant for me. And I ended up so I, I knew I wanted to learn. I bought the definitive book of human design, which is like the holy grail of human design and bought that and started trying to like learn it a little bit before I had my reading, had my reading shared with the reader. I would love to you know do this someday. And so she kind of educated me along the way as I uh, went through my, as, as she went through my chart. And then I just tried to teach myself, which is classic. Like if anyone listening knows human design, I'm a, I'm a five one and it's just classic one line energy of like, I'm going to do it myself. Like I'm going to research everything and figure it out. So I spent a lot of time um, in sort of a research phase and then realized it's like really complicated. And I also had a very demanding full-time job. And so I ended up enrolling in a training and then human design really at that point still was like something I wanted to do, but it was very much like a you know, a side hustle. I don't really love hustle culture. So I almost hate saying that, but it's, it was like a side hustle for me where I just started, you know, over wine with girlfriends, like, let me get near human design. And, um, I remember like when the pandemic sort of like lifted, I had gone out to dinner with two of my really good friends and then they came back after. And I like had all of these papers out. And I remember laying on the floor and being like, okay, so you're a four, six and like grabbing like the paper that I like around, like what that meant. That I had all these papers on like each of the gates in human design and like just giving them to my friend and being like, read this, this is what you are. And so it just kind of became a, a fun, you know, hobby really. And I announced it on my Instagram that I wanted to do human design or that I was a human design reader because I had finished 
that training. And then, you know, it was really cool. Like the response, I think sometimes when we step into our purpose, we forget how many people are, you know, watching us or even like kind of aware of like what they think we should be doing with the rest of our lives. And so the response was really great, right? A lot of friends and stuff say things like, oh my God, this is like, you've always been so spiritual. I remember spiritual conversations with you. I just, this feels so in alignment. Like I can't wait to learn more. And and so then it was like one person led to the next and I started doing readings. And at first they were like a free thing. And then I started charging, you know, 60 bucks, like 60 bucks for an hour, hour and a half reading. And so I was just doing it. I think I was doing like maybe four readings a week outside of my full-time job, which is actually a lot of energy. So I was doing that. And then I think when you, at least in the States, when you make over, I think 500 or $600, they want you to file to be like a actual business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember being like, well, I, I think I've made over that threshold. So I should probably like, you know, start an LLC and establish my business that way, you know, I don't get in trouble for this like extra income. And so then I just kind of did that. And then it just really was a domino effect of people, friends of friends. And, and so people just wanted to keep working with me. And so I ended up just doing a lot of work there. And then I became, then I went through a, a little bit of depression. <laughs> this is a long story, but I went through a little bit of depression where I was like, I got a promotion at my corporate job. I worked in the fortune 500 company, like led a development team, worked in like the second, the, um, best it group in the world. Like it was, they're voted number two in the world. And I had this beautiful career laid out for me. And I just knew that I was super unfulfilled. And I remember getting a a promotion at some point in there and feeling like upset that I got a promotion because I like that it made it harder for me to follow something I really wanted to do. So I ended up kind of actually, yeah, just going through kind of this deep hole of like really depression. I didn't want to do anything. I was really lost. And, um, I felt very hope hopeless. And finally, like through the grace of God and my boyfriend really encouraging me and my boss, my boss knew I was kind of doing this and we had had some like deep conversations and he's very spiritual. And he kind of told me like, you know, you're, you're meant for things greater and you're going through a spiritual awakening. And, and so I, I ended up having this like old trend. I went part-time for six months and then I, I just kind of slowly um, transitioned out. And now I've been doing human design for over a year full-time. And I have a whole practice. So I do, I do readings, I do coaching programs. I teach people who want to learn human design. Um, I sell necklaces and and merchandise and all sorts of stuff. So it's been really fun. It's such an incredible story. And and it really is a testament to human design because, you know, you've just explained, you know, you've gone and followed the thing that has lit you up the thing that really makes you happy and, yeah and yeah so lucky for the support of the people around you as well encouraging yeah. you to do this so I think that's incredible what was when you said you know when you were first starting out and you had your friends over and you're just laying out <laughs> their design yeah. what was their reactions to that like in yeah, terms I- of finding more about themselves I think my friend, I mean, I've always been that way. So I think my friends were like, you know, what else? Like I was always <laughs> the next? one that's like into astrology or like, you know, I, it's funny because I've always been into these different things. And and most people who know me or friends of mine that know me, they knew that. But I think this was the first thing that I was like really into. So, um, but yeah, no, my friends were like totally down for it. I don't think anyone knew that this would become a career, but I did. I But I knew immediately, like even before I had my first reading, there was a text message and I always talk about this and, and my boyfriend and I cannot find it, but I texted him and I said, we were not even a year into dating yet. And I had said, I, there is something that I found that I am 
that's going to like take over my whole life. Like, and I'm just like letting you know, and he knows, like I texted him that and we like tried to go back and like find that text and we can't, but, um, I texted him that one night because, oh my God, I was staying up all night, just like reading. I could not let it go. I just loved it so much. And so it was, yeah, it was, I'm a generator in human design. So I'm supposed to follow what I love to do. And so it was like a very, um, serendipitous, I guess, way of following what I love to do. Yeah. Amazing. Let's okay. So let's dive in. What is human design for those yeah. <laughs> listening? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So human design is a self awareness system. It is a system based on the time of your birth, your all of your birth information. So time of birth, date of birth, location of birth, and it basically it's this energetic blueprint of who you were designed to be. And there's a lot of different layers to it, but basically everyone has this energetic blueprint that tells us how we are designed to operate more efficiently with our energy. We are, um, how we can incorporate or how we can use our energy in relationships. And so human design is sort of this blueprint or this map for how you're supposed to move about in the world. And so again, it's kind of this self-awareness system that helps us tap into our purpose, our gifts, our strengths, where we have shadows, where we can be really wise. And so it can be used in a lot of different ways, but it's kind of like a lot of people out here say, it's like Enneagram and astrology had a baby. And it is kind of like that. Although, you know, Enneagram isn't a part of human design, but astrology is. So astrology is a part of it. The Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah Tree of Life, quantum physics and genetics are all a part of the human design system. And so it's kind of this part, it's this part spiritual, part uh, scientific system. Okay. And so for people who are hearing this for the first time mm-hmm. and they don't know their design. So firstly, if, if they want to get their design, you can, they can visit the design of you.com, get their yep, chart. Yep. <laughs> if, if they're driving or they, and they just, just want to hear about what's going on. What is human design? What would you say to them as we are about to dive into what it all means? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, human design will, once you look up your chart, again, you can do that for free on my site. It will pull up this body graph, which is going to be really confusing when you first look at it. It's going to have all these shapes and in lines and numbers, and you're not expected to know that, but there's going to be a column next to that, that will list out everything about your chart. So your energy type, which is kind of the first piece, and then something called your strategy and authority, and then your profile are going to be the ones that you really want to know. And then there's some deeper layers that you'll want to get into as you explore your chart, but those are kind of like the first pieces. And so the number one thing is your energy type. There are five in the world. So the first energy type is the generator, which is what I am. And then Jackie, what are you? I don't have your chart pulled up. And I feel like I asked you for your information, but I'm not sure if I ended up. Yeah. So I'm a generator also. Okay. You're a generator. Love that. Um, Okay. Perfect. And uh, okay. So um, generators make up about, they're about 35% of the population. And then the next type is called the manifesting generator and manifesting generators are also around like 35% of the population manifesting generators and generators are both very similar. And so they make up around 70% of the population. So they're the most common type. So anyone listening is probably going to fall into one of those two categories and may or may not, you know, already have a lot of people in their life. that are also generators or manifesting generators. The third type is called the projector. They're about 22% of the population. The uh, fourth type is the manifester. They're about 5% of the population, 3 to 5%. And then the final type is the reflector, which is about 1% of the population. So incredibly rare. 
And so basically your type is, it's less about your personality and more about like, no matter what you do, this is the energy that you carry throughout your day to day. So even though you and I are both generators, we may be very different people. And so, but we have sort of the same kind of energy and how our energy operates. So I always say to people, it's like, if you closed your eyes and there were two projectors in the room and two generators, you may be able to feel the generators and feel the projectors in different ways. And they could be different people, but you might feel that energy in a similar light. So the, um, so the, so those are the different types. So that's the first thing that you'll want to know. And really when you know your type, you know, your strategy, and then, you know, something called your signature and your not self theme. And those are kind of the cornerstones of what you want to know in your human design in tie with your authority, which is more unique to who you are. So each energy type can have like um, different types of authorities. Um, or as I like to say, like different breeds of the different energy types. And so, What I mean by that, (laughs) bear with me here, is that, so if you're a generator, I'll kind of walk through each one so you know how each one operates in accordance to their strategy. And, And before I do that, strategy just simply means how can each energy type strategically use their energy to bring themselves the most aligned opportunities? And so it's essentially a way that you can work with your energy rather than against it. And so as a generator, and a manifesting generator, they have the same strategy. Their strategy is to respond. So what this means is like generators and manifesting generators are designed to follow things that light them up. And so the more and more that they go after things that fulfill them and satisfy them and that light them up, the more and more that they are going to um, magnetize more opportunities toward them. So they're the people that lift up the energy of the world and they're doing things that they love. There's nothing worse than being around a generator that hates their life, that hates what they do, um, is drained by their job because it has a huge effect on the population and the people in that generator's life. Because again, generators make up so much of society. And so it's really important that a generator or a Manny Gen MG manifesting generator, there's lots of different names that they do what they love to do because it affects everyone. The projector manifester and reflector actually don't have this, like it's literally called your generator motor. It's called the sacral center. It's kind of this life force inside generators and manifesting generators. They don't have that. The, the three other three types don't have it. And so they actually feel that energy from everyone else. And so it's so important for generators to be in alignment because it affects everyone. So again, so it's so important. Generators are people in manifesting generators. When I say generators, I'm kind of talking about them both (laughs) interchangeably because I'm just talking about the fact that they have this motor. So they operate very similarly. And I'll talk about the differences in a second. But so it just means that they're designed to do things that they love to do and they have to find ways to keep following that. Options are really important for generators because when they are um, given kind of like an open-ended or or a place to kind of where it's like, you know, what, what do you want for dinner? For example, if they don't have an option, they're going to start generating a lot versus like options can be super important for generators. So that's how they operate. And so their strategy is to wait to respond because when they just respond to what's showing up for them, what they're magnetizing towards them, they do really well in life. So rather than chasing after things, pushing things, forcing things, they're just designed to respond to what's happening moment to moment. And this doesn't mean you can't go like start a business or go, you know, do something. It's just like following what lights you up. So if that's lighting you up, go do that. Generators and manifesting generators also have a strong gut. So listening to their gut feeling, which is going to be like a full body yes um, through kind of like starting in that belly area, that's going to be really an indication of like when something is a good thing to respond to as a generator. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. And, and of course I resonate with all of that. And I look back at my life, you know, throughout my career in times where my energy was so low (laughs) and how it did have such an impact on the people around me. Um, And I love that you say, you know, when we do the things we love, we become a magnet basically. And I've really just started to feel that within like maybe the last three to six months as well, where I am making those conscious decisions that do light me up, that do mm-hmm. have that really, you know, all that excitement towards what I'm doing. And, you know, when that has happened, something else has come up for me and then something, another door is opened. So it just, mm-hmm. it, for me, it, I just resonate with all of that. And it just proves that when we are living in alignment of our design, things happen because of that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's, and it's, it sounds simpler than it is. And I, and I like to note that because I, I, cause I know some people are listening that are like, okay, yeah, I just do what I love, but it's like society sometimes doesn't allow us to, sometimes we're not able to do that. And so it's like, so cool when you talk to people who are like, it's so in alignment for me. And I've always done that. And I like that, like warms my heart because I'm like, good, because like the more that you do that, then you give someone else permission to be the same way. So Love it. But let's get into the other types. So let's manifesting generators, they are, so they're, they're going to operate the exact same way as what we've been talking about. But what makes them different is they have this manifestor energy. They're a hybrid between a generator and a manifestor, but again, they operate like generators, but they get a lot of creative ideas. So when we talk about manifestors, you'll get what I mean, but essentially manifestors get these like bursts of energy of like ideas. Like I need to go do this thing. They like get something that drops in. And so manifestors get that a lot. But um, manifesting generators, they get it and they have a generator motor, aka a life force of energy to go do it, whereas like a manifester doesn't. So being a manifesting generator is really cool because they're very like multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate people that just can course correct quickly. They get to where they want to go really fast. And yeah, they're just kind of like these curious beings. Um, When a generator and a manifesting generator is in alignment, they feel satisfaction. And when they're out of alignment, they feel frustration. So those are kind of like their signposts, whether like, you know, they're working with their energy or against it. Projectors, the third type, they are people who are really like the masters, the leaders, the seers, the the guides. They're people who are designed to um, really see the world in an upgraded way. They're meant to kind of guide the collective. They work really well one-on-one with people. And the thing about being a projector is that they are people who need to focus on kind of building their craft. And the more that they allow themselves to just kind of focus on um, the thing that they are really good at, they're really good at devising systems and mastering things. And the more that they do master their thing, the more that they open up room for invitations and recognition to happen. And so the strategy for a projector is invitations and recognition. And what that means is that instead of them similar to a generator, like forcing things or pushing things, especially when it comes to like giving other people advice, it's really important that they wait to be recognized or invited in before offering up their energy. And so what I mean by that is like projectors are called projectors because they project onto other people. And so sometimes that projection field can be, um, you know, taken the wrong way if someone wasn't inviting that in or they weren't ready to hear it. So for example, like if you were a projector and, you know, you were talking to me and, or maybe like we weren't kind of having a conversation and you came up to me and you were like, you should do it this way. Or like, if you kind of were trying to give me advice about something that I was like, wait a minute, like, 
I don't know what you're qualified in or like why you're telling me this. And I didn't even invite this in. There's like this energy that happens around projectors. So it's so important that they're, someone invites them in and is like, Hey, I want to hear about this thing that you've been doing, or can you tell me more about this? Or I've been seeing you do this. And I like, I need your advice or, you know, kind of the best thing for a projector is to be seen and to feel recognized for what they're really good at. So they're kind of, again, their strategy is to hone in on their craft, do the thing and master it and trust that like people, people that are meant to find them and work with them are going to invite them in. Mm -hmm. So there's this to wait for the invitations. Manifestors, they are the people that are the bold, unapologetic, really big energy. Uh, they're people who get these ideas that drop into them and they, um, with these ideas, they're, they're kind of people who like to go fast and they want to get to where they want to go. And they don't like any other people to interfere with them. Um, projectors and manifestors and reflectors, I should know, they, they kind of need a lot of rest because they don't have that motor, that like life force inside of them, that generator. So they, they need a lot more rest than everyone else. And so it's really important that they give themselves rest before they burn themselves out by trying to keep up with the generators of the world. Um, and so manifestors, it's so important that they inform people. So they're the only type. So all of the like strategies are like, wait to respond, wait for an invitation. When we get to reflectors, it's wait for a lunar cycle. And for project or for manifestors, it's to inform, just to inform. And why that is, is because they actually work opposite of the other types where they're supposed to lean into their um, intuition to decide like, okay, is this idea that's dropping inside of me? Is this something for me to go and do? And if the answer is yes, it's super important that they inform everywhere, everyone involved or impacted by the decision of what they're doing and why they're doing it. Because if they don't inform, they will set themselves up to feel really angry and to, um, you know, slow themselves down. But it's always so funny because it like seems so easy for all the other, all of the other types to be like, oh, we just have to, they just have to inform people like how easy for manifestors, but manifestors hate informing like they don't they don't want anyone to get involved they don't want anyone to get in their way because they always feel like people slow them down but the best thing an aligned manifester is someone who is just unapologetic and says like this is where I'm going you're either coming with me or you're not and I don't really care either way and you're not going to slow me down and and this is the idea that I'm excited about in this moment so they need a lot of autonomy in their day so in the sign that a manifestor is in alignment is peace and a sign that a manifestor is out of alignment is anger. And I forgot to mention projectors. Projectors, when they're in alignment, they feel success, success because they feel seen. And um, when they're out of alignment, they feel bitter because no one's recognizing or seeing their gifts. And then finally, did you have any questions before I get to reflectors? No, let's, let's go to reflectors. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then finally reflectors. I know there's a lot. Um, reflectors are are just resilient, gentle. Um, they're just this, this type that doesn't have any energy centers defined. So they're these like completely open charts and there are mirrors. They're called reflectors because they mirror energy back to the rest of the world. And being a reflector, it's so important that they wait 28 days, a full lunar cycle or a moon cycle before making decisions because reflectors kind of sample the energy and they sample the energy through time. And so it takes for all of the other types they can during like transits and things. This is a kind of a deeper layer during transits. We can all like sort of like feel different things and other energies, but reflectors will feel all of the energies within 28 days. And so they are these people who are literally like mirrors. And so they kind of like wear everyone else and sample everyone else's energy. And so it's so important for them to 
when they're making decisions, give themselves a lot of time. And, and during that time, like plant themselves in environments that make them feel really good and plant themselves around different people that make them feel really good. And just kind of wait to see how a decision feels through 28 days before deciding what to do next. So they work with their energy by simply like just waiting and, and going in the places or the environments that make them feel the most supportive and, and then deciding, you know, at the end of a cycle, what they want to do. So those are all of the energy types. And and I should note reflectors, when they're in alignment, they feel pleasantly surprised. And when they're out of alignment, they feel really disappointed. Interesting. It almost sounds like that could be, it could be really exhausting to be a reflector taking in everyone's energy. Yeah. For reflectors, it's super important that they empty out. And I would say this, I mean, with any type, like where, where anyone is open. So basically like when you look at your body graph, there's going to be all of these like shapes, these diamond squares, triangles. And if they're colored in, you have to find energy. So it's consistent in those places and where it's white or just not colored in, that means that um, you're open there. So you feel the energy from other people. Reflectors are entirely open. All nine of the shapes within them or the centers are wide open. So they feel the energy of everything. And so, yeah, there can be a definitely an exhaustion. Again, that's why it's so important for generators to do what they love because um, for someone like a reflector, like that's going to have a, that's going to exhaust them a lot mm-hmm. if they're around a generator that's not using their life force correctly. Yeah. Huge. I have a question about um, both the responding and the waiting for the invitation. Okay. I mean, if if you don't, you could misinterpret that as, right, I'll do nothing and just wait for something to come for me or like mm-hmm. wait for something to come in so I can respond. But that's not exactly what you're saying. How can we understand that part better in order to, I guess, in order to make better decisions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really great question because I think that can trip a lot of people up. So the waiting is, it certainly does mean to wait, but it also means that you don't have to wait around forever. Like I I would never encourage someone, like I had a, a projector one time say to me, like, I hate being a projector and they were dating and they're like, I just feel like I have to wait for everyone to ask me out on a date. And you know, then I'm having a conversation. I'm like, are you on a dating app? You know, I'm not an expert in this field by any means, but I'm like, are you on any dating apps? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you have people like matching with you? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, that's an invitation. That's That's someone, they recognize something in you on your profile that like they like about you. Like even that match, even though they're not, you know, mailing a letter to you stamped with your name on it, inviting you to some grand thing that, you know, that is an invitation, but that's not really what, we talk about, it's more of an energetic thing. So for projectors, I think projectors get really tripped up on it the most, but yeah. So it's like, you don't have to, like if if a projector wants to start a business, go start a business um, Mm -hmm. and do your thing. And when the people that are going to be your customers are going to see you Um, social media, I think is a really great example where um, I see a lot of projectors uh, who were like, have, you know, that are like influencers or, you know, have businesses like you or I. And I always say like, it's, kind of like a very energetically correct situation where it's kind of like a follower or a like or a comment can be like a um an energetic invite right it's kind of like oh that person recognizes me so they want to kind of like tune into what i have to say so it doesn't always have to be so formal and then for the response piece it's um again yeah like people will say well you know am i responding to this or am i just like 
uh, like, okay. So one of my clients recently, I, so I mentor human design readers or people who want to become readers. So if you want to become a human design reader, you can do that with me. Um, but one of the girls I was mentoring, she was, she's like really tripped up on social media right now. And she's a manifesting generator. And so we were talking about the response thing and she's like, so I want to create reels. And so I saw a reel and that I liked, and I thought that that was something that I can do. And so like, I, I, do I respond to that and like tell the person that I want to like create a similar reel and then do it? And I was like, no, just create a reel. Like you're excited about doing it that like, go go do it. (laughs) Like what, what's exciting to you? Like, don't overthink it. You don't have to like physically respond to someone. It's not about that. It's just like respond to life. So whether you have an idea, Ooh, I want to learn human design. Ooh, I want to start a podcast. Ooh, I want to, you know, do this or that, like go for it. It's kind of like, you, when you wake up in the morning, when you're, when your mind goes, Ooh, I'm going to like, you know, today I'm going to go to this coffee shop. Okay. Go do that. That's like a response. (laughs) Like you're lit up by something. So you're working in response to what you're lit up about rather than it being like a, I don't know. I have to wait for someone to like text Mm. me and respond to them. (laughs) Yeah. I think the language can be kind of confusing. I would say with a lot of human design, the language is really confusing. So part of what I love to do is try and break that down for people because it's like really inaccessible when you first start to like get into it. It's getting better though. Yeah, it kind of is. Hence the reason I saw I left it to begin with that first time. Yeah. Um, And I love that. Yeah. I, I resonate with that a lot because yeah, it was about for me because I got confused about the whole responding thing. I'm like, yeah, what do I do? Just wait for something to come in. And it wasn't yeah. until I realized it was, no, you you follow the thing that lights you up and then the mm-hmm. things come in in order for you to respond to which direction you want to go. Does it does yeah. it feel good? And, um, yeah, that for me was a big turning point. So it's it's not about sitting and waiting. It's about doing a thing that you love and moving forward from there. So I love that. I think just overall humans just don't like the word wait, like humans don't want to yeah. wait. <laughs> um, so I think that like, when they hear that, it's like, what do you mean? So like the reframe, like you just said, it's follow what you love to do. So when we can put action behind it, people get more excited about it because they're yes. like, Oh, what can I do instead mm. of waiting? Exactly. It gives them the sense of control. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's exactly let's talk about authority a bit more. So for generators, it's that sacral gut feeling response. Um, let's dive deep into that and then, and all the other ones as well. And what that would look like, sound like, feel like. Yeah. So authority is simply this fancy word for intuition. It's called authority because it basically has the power. So a lot of times we think of the word authority, we're like our parents or, law enforcement or, you know, our principal or our teacher or something like that. And really what authority means is the authority is inside of you. You're the person that has the authority over all of the decisions that you make. But the difference is that a lot of times in our lives, we use our mind to control what decisions that we're making rather than trusting our intuition. And so authority, um, when we learn about our authority in human design, it's basically saying like, don't follow what everyone else has told you to do. And don't, uh, don't listen to your mind, just listen to what your body is saying. And that can be really hard because of, again, you know, sometimes our society structures aren't really designed for us to do that. And so it's kind of this, there's this whole theme in deconditioning and human design, which kind of goes into this, but overall what it's saying is you 
the authority is inside of you. Human design returns the authority to us. And so when you look up your chart, everyone has a unique authority and there's seven different ones and there's different ones that can be under each type. So a generator and a manifesting generator can actually be, there's kind of like two breeds of them. They can either be a sacral authority or they can be an emotional authority. So it's either one of the two. And overall generators do have a strong gut. And it's just that if some people are a pure generator or pure, pure manifesting generator, then they're like really driven by their gut. Um, but if you can also be emotional authority and any type can be emotional authority besides a reflector. And so having emotional authority means that you need to give yourself a lot of time when making decisions. So emotional authority, if you have that, sometimes it's called like tune into your emotions or um, solar plexus authority, emotional solar plexus. There's like lots of different words, but it just simply means that you are emotionally deep and that you feel things all the time and you ride this emotional wave. And so when that wave is at a high, you do not want to make a decision when it's at high. When it's at a low, you do not want to make a decision. People who have emotional authority are designed to love their decisions over time rather than in the moment. So even if you know like right away, like, oh, this is a yes for me or a no for me, still don't decide. Wait till you have more clarity or your emotions feel a little bit more neutral because you're meant to love your decision again through time rather than in the moment. So that's emotional authority. That's um, the most common one. The second most common authority is that sacral, which is just the gut. It's the life force. And so when there's something's a yes for someone who has gut authority, it feels full bodied, expansive. They will feel really light and just like, oh my gosh, like I want to go do this. They'll, and they know immediately. So unlike emotional authority who needs time, sacral authority is like instant, like, yep, this is for me. Or, you know, something that's a no, it's going to be a nope, this isn't for you. You might get a stomach ache. You might like feel uneasy. You might hear yourself say things like, I don't know, or yes, or, or yeah. So it's just kind of like you may right away start to say different words. And the next authority is the um, spleen authority. Sometimes this is called splenic authority, instinctual authority, spleen authority, and tune into your intuition authority. I've seen lots of different words again. And for this one, it's about um, having a really strong um, instinctual center. And so it's similar to the gut where it also works um, really quickly. Like it will, there's kind of an instant reaction, but sometimes it's not super instant. Sometimes it will it kind of comes out of nowhere and it will hit you and you have to act on it instantly. So what I mean by this is instinctual authority will feel like your safety could be compromised. It will feel like, um, or you make it like an, and it's almost like an epiphany or a revelation where it's like, I have to go do this thing or, or I can't do this. And I don't know why. And none of these authorities come with logic, by the way, our authorities are not meant to be something that makes sense. It's meant to be something that you just feel and trust. And I always tell people, it's like, in your life, I, I guarantee there's at least one decision that you've made where you, uh, it's like you you have this, probably you've said this before, where it's like, I, I just did this thing and I don't know why I didn't, it made no sense, but I just followed it. And it just like, and, I, and everything just worked out. Like every one of us has like one of those stories. Or the and, flip side where they go, yeah, or the I knew side, I yeah. should have done that. <laughs> why didn't yes, I do that? <laughs> exactly. And so it's kind of, I always say human design is just like getting us back to that place of going, how can I always do that? Or how can I always trust my body when like, it didn't make any sense, but I just like knew I had to. Like, it's just kind of getting us back to that place of like, I just know that I have to do this. So um, the spleen kind of works like that. I mean, they all do, but the spleen's kind of like, you know, don't do this or go do this thing. And it will come out of nowhere and it will leave just as fast. So you have to act immediately when it's like, 
It's like getting on a plane and all of a sudden you're like, I can't get on this plane. And like, you don't know why. And then all of a sudden you see like a horrible news story later. <laughs> That's a really bad example. Like that probably doesn't happen. So I have a fear of flying. So like, I don't want to induce fear in anyone, but like, you know what I mean? Like the example of like, for some reason, like it just told me not to do that. So yeah. you have to trust it. Then the other authorities, um, so that's three, there's seven total. So the other ones just quickly, they're a little bit more rare. So I'm, I'm covered the first really common ones, but the next one is called ego authority, willpower authority, heart authority. Again, I'll give you the language for it. And this one's about having the will or the heart or the motivation to do something. So there's like this, when, when something's a yes for this person, they're like, I will do this. I want to make this promise. I want to commit. And it really kind of comes from their heart. Um, the other one is called self-projected authority. I call this voiced authority. Some people call this sounding board authority. It just basically means that you are someone who has to bounce your thoughts off of people. So this is one that needs time as well. So they need kind of like a friend to bounce ideas off of and not to like get advice from a friend, but because they will hear their truth through their voice of what they're saying. Like, and, and also that authority has a lot to do with feeling really authentic through your decisions and, and hearing how authentic things sound as you're deciding. Um, the last two, um, one's called mental authority, but it's kind of more environmental rather than mental, because again, it's not your mind. This person's just designed to plant themselves in different environments and around um, different people to decide, you know, if something's a yes or a no. And um, the final one is no inner authority, which is what reflectors have, which actually works similarly, almost identically to someone who has environmental authority or mental authority, which is basically give yourself time, plant yourself in environments that mm -hmm. feel really good. Give yourself 28 days, wait a lunar cycle, feel through it. And yeah, so those are all of the sort of authorities. Amazing. Everyone listening is becoming a human design reader today. Like you guys like <laughs> getting it all. All I was just about to say for those listening who, who are hearing this for the first time, it would be really interesting to see, you know, by hearing this, whether they strongly or whether you strongly resonate with one or the other and where, you know, you can relate to a time in the past maybe where you've gone actually, yeah, when I was, when I was with my friend and I was bouncing my ideas, that's when I got the most clarity or, um, you know, the, that gut instinct or yeah, it's, it's great to be able to hear this and then really feel what resonates. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think and the most important thing is to find ways that it, like if you have gut authority or your, you know, splenic authority, it's like figure out ways that did in like that you did feel that because how can you get back to that place? How can you always operate from that zone of just intuition? Exactly. And I want to get back to something that you mentioned whilst you were explaining this was that conditioning and I, I'm not sure what you meant by that, but in my mind, I wonder where, you know, number one, whether, you know, if we're disconnected from our body and we just don't, we don't feel the feels that we need to be feeling if you're, mm -hmm. you know, um, sacral or, um, or if, you know, you've grown up and you've had conditioning from parents about certain ways to be or think or, you know, do things or, you know, they've got their um, sights on where we should be in life, what we should be doing. So how do we almost, how do we decondition from those things and thoughts and come back to our truest self? Yeah. So I love that you brought this up because 
we've kind of covered actually the ways that you can, can decondition naturally, which is basically your strategy and authority. Um, it, when you start learning a lot about human design, you're going to hear a lot of human design readers basically hammer on and on and on about strategy and authority, strategy and authority, S and A. And, and it's and why they do it, it matters because again, strategy is how you can strategically use your energy as a generator, manifesting generator, projector, manifestor, reflector, and your authority is your intuition and they're kind of in a marriage. And so when you use them together, it brings you into alignment and the alignment themes we mentioned, satisfaction, success, peace, or surprise that is it, those it's kind of like a formula like strategy plus authority equals that and so every time that you do that you naturally decondition and you're going to fall into feeling that theme every time you don't do that you're going to feel like you force something you use your head or you prioritize someone else's satisfaction or you know anything or you maybe you need maybe you're emotional and you need time and then you like didn't give yourself the time Every time you do anything else when that formula is kind of broken, you're going to feel that not self theme. So that's frustration, bitterness, uh, anger, or disappointment. And so when we look at our areas of our human design chart, there's different ways that things are expressed. So like all of the gates, for example, which is where we see our gifts, there's 64 different gifts and, and each 64 gifts has like six different versions of it too. There's, it goes kind of oh, deep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It goes really deep. And the thing to note there is that with that, you, um, each of those, each of the gates has a high and low expression. And so the low expression, um, so for example, like my, the most common gate in my chart is I have the gate of creativity that not, that is like my, the, my most potent gate in my chart. And my, the high expression of that is like pure creativity, like being really creative. And the low expression of that is being frenetic. It can be very like, unstable, um, feeling like, or there's even a melancholy where like, I'm not being creative and it can be like really like dark and sad where like, I don't have creative outlets. And so people always ask, well, how do I move from the high and low expression? And if you have, you have your guidebook, Jackie, so this, every gate will say like a high and low expression. And so the, how you move out of the low expression is just to follow your strategy and authority point blank. Every time you're living in alignment, you'll always be in the high expression of every part of your chart. So I always say like, who you, who is your highest self? How can you be best friends with your highest self? Use your strategy and authority because you're automatically going to move to like the higher expression. Same with your centers. Each center has sort of like a wisdom or a shadow. You're going to be in the shadow when you're out of alignment. You're going to be in the wisdom when you're in alignment. So use your strategy and authority. The caveat is that each energy type goes strategy and authority, but a manifestor goes authority, then strategy, which basically means they get an idea. They decide if it's a yes or no for them. Then they inform people. Whereas everyone else is, they wait for something to happen. And then they go, is this a yes or no for me? And then they, you know, decide and then feel their signature theme. Go for it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, and I don't know if I'm skipping the line here, but how do we, how do we tell our purpose from human design? Because that's actually the reason I... (laughs) I decided to dive into this. I'm like, what am I meant to do? You know, what's my purpose? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think purpose is such a big conversation and it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so unfortunately, the thing about human design is that it's not predictive. It's not a system that tells us, you know, the the perfect soulmate for us or the perfect career. Um, but it will tell us how can we use our energy to identify when the right thing is in front of us or not. And so there's a couple different ways. So again, when you use your strategy and authority, you're going to naturally like be in alignment. So the right things for you are going to fall into your life. 
Um, so that's number one. The other area to look at is your profile and your incarnation cross. Um, those are two really good areas. So profile is like this, this fraction of, of two numbers. So I'm a five, one. Do you know what yours is Jackie? Yes. I'm a four, six. You're four, six. Okay. Love that. <laughs> and um, so, so basically you're like that little fraction will say like, okay, this is my, um, it's kind of like your personality and it actually ties into your incarnation cross, like under the mechanics and like science behind human design, which we don't have to fully get into that to understand it. But basically it means that it will, it will draw on your personality and the role you're meant to play in life. So for being a four, six, like you are. So part of being a four is an opportunist. It's a networker, someone who is designed to, um, you know, network with others, you find opportunities, you love being kind of friendly and in connection. So love that you're doing a podcast and like having guests on, like that is very beautiful expression of that. The, and you're going to be really kind of, um, the first number you'll be a lot more conscious of. It's usually the one that we're like, we relate to more. And the second number is the one that other people tend to see us as. And having a six in your profile means that um, you're someone it's called the role model it means that you are someone that actually operates in sort of three phases in your life. So the first 30 years of your life, zero to 30 were about being um, someone who was doing a lot of like trial and error, figuring things out, um, learning the hard way. I always say it's like, you know, just figuring it out for through experience rather than like, you know, researching or learning from someone else. It's like, I'm just going to go out there and do yeah. it. And I'm just going to like, learn for me, but like in the best way possible. Like I always say, like, again, they learn the hard way, but like, that's the only way they want to. So that's the first 30 years of your life. Then 30 to 50 is this place where you're like, I'm kind of done with that grown up. Don't really care to do the first 30 years of my life of that trial and error. Now it's like, I'm integrating the lessons I've learned and the experiences that I've had into my life. And so the, the 20 or the 30 to 50 is like really just this integration. And then at the age of 50 is really where you hit your prime. Um, again, not to say you can't thrive before that, but it's kind of like when you hit 50, you step into being a role model. That's what the six is called. It's not only have I been there and I've done that. And now that I've created wisdom and built a really strong understanding through the integration of those lessons into my life. Now I'm here to serve as a role model because I've been there and I've done that and I want to help other people. And so you're going to naturally be like a role model the older that you get. And people are going to see that. And it might not be in helping others. It, might, it can be in any way, but people are going to like go to you for advice or they're going to want to like um, learn. Or they're going to want to ask you like how you would navigate something because there's like this energy around how you've handled things. Yeah. So I, I feel like that kind of happens already, which is kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Love that. <laughs> Love it. So that is a little bit about your profile. And then incarnation cross is this deeper layer in our chart where it takes the sun and earth gates of our chart and basically um, talks about our kind of life theme it is our purpose. But again, instead of it being like, you're meant to be a podcast host or a human design reader yeah. or a teacher or a astronaut, it basically will say like, no matter what you do, this is the theme that you bring to everything that you do. And so, you know, the example that I give as my own is mine is the left angle cross of defiance. And it means that I'm designed to defy the odds, go against the status quo. Um, when you tell me to go right, I'm going to go left, you know, like that is how my energy like operates. So no matter what I do, you're going to get a little bit of a defiance with me and I'm going to do it in a different way. And so that's, 
how my life theme just shows up every day. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about yours, um, again, it's covered in my guidebooks, but also I have a free resource called Decode Your Design. It's literally this, you just put in your birth information and then hit decode and it'll just like tell you like about your energy type. It'll tell you about your profile. It'll tell you about your incarnation cross. You'll have this sort of beautiful place to like learn about your chart. Yeah. Amazing. And it's, yeah, yeah, I totally recommend doing it. Um, I would love to know in your experience, you just said, um, you know, that defiance, Mm -hmm. is there an experience that you can share with us where, I mean, I guess it, you kind of shared that with, with coming into human design, but is there, is there an experience that you can share where that happened for you? Yeah. Um, well, I guess there's a lot of different experiences. (laughs) Like the one that comes to mind is like, and I feel like a lot of kids do this. So, uh, I don't know that this is like natural for, for me, but, um, when I was younger, when like shows were popular, like things were really popular. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like I I'm not into that. So like, I remember when twilight became a huge thing, all my friends were into twilight. Like I remember going to a sleepover and like going to twilight and me being like, I don't like it. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like, I'm not reading it. And like, for, for no reason, like the older I get, I'm like, I'm sure it's, I mean, now I've actually watched it recently and I was like, this still isn't doing it for me, but like probably when I was younger, it would have, but I just like was so defiant about it or, um, like high school musical was the same way. I remember like people really getting into that and me being like, I don't understand it. Like they're just singing and I think it's weird. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I I do this thing where it's like, everyone's going right and I'm going to go left. And it's not like a mental thing. Like I'm not consciously doing it. It's like a it just happens. Um, but I've always just done that. I've always done things a little bit differently and I've, I've always liked to do it how I want to do it. Like, Mm. I don't know. So that's just how I've been. Um, so I would say that's a really good example, but I I think also like I defy the odds a lot with being, um, in that, like a, a big part of my story is that like, I don't come from a family that like has a really strong financial background. Like I come from a, I have a mom who's an addict and I have a, a dad who has worked in a factory his whole life and has like struggled to even provide for us. So my whole life was like, it it was a lot of struggle. Like I didn't play sports in high school because I like worked the second I could start working. Cause I couldn't, I had to afford clothes. Like I've always done my own laundry. I've always had to like make my lunch, like, you know, just like things like that. And so for me, I think it was always it's interesting because like I have a cousin who's a really good friend of mine and she grew up really wealthy and she will say it's just like crazy seeing like the way you've been able to just like went to like a public Ivy college was able to you know get the dream job right after college like get the scholarships and um you know create a career for myself and so and I don't mean I'm I don't mean this in like a braggy way by any means but it's, it's just something for me is like I think my energy like I will always go against the status quo of like there's a will, there's a way like there's, um, so I tend to kind of do that in a lot of things that I do as well, where it's like somehow it just happens, but I just always go against the, the grain of how it was like laid out for me. Like if my card tells me this, I'm going to flip it over and get a new card. Cause yeah. That's thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Let's, um, I, so with the booklet that you have for people when they choose to dive deeper, 
one of the mm-hmm. things in there is um, two things that I find really interesting. Actually, I find everything interesting, let's be honest. <laughs> so firstly, the digestion. I didn't mm-hmm. even know that was a thing in human design. <laughs> I read that. So digestion and then environment and motivation. The three of those I'm still trying to wrap my head around that in a way Mm -hmm. that I can use that for myself. So Mm -hmm. digestion, interesting, closed taste, Mm -hmm. and then environment mountains, which funnily enough, I had an epiphany about, (laughs) which I could talk about later, but then motivation, fear. And I find that one really interesting. So I don't know where you want to go to first with those. but Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to know is that they are a deeper layer. Um, I actually get all the time, like, why do you talk about, it's called variables. Um, so if you get a guidebook, it's part four of the guidebook. So it goes over your digestion, strongest sense, environment, um, perspective, which I, I go through the lens of manifesting style, which is something kind of newer um, and also controversial sometimes in human design and then motivation. And these layers are, they're really deep in your human design. And when I say that, I mean that they can feel very unfamiliar unless you've been in alignment for a while. And they're kind of like human design can feel like a game in a way where your strategy and authority is like level one. It's like, okay, like you're playing Candy Crush. Like this is like the first level of like, okay, I'm using my strategy and authority and like you're breaking through the level um, and you, and you do that. And like life starts to be in alignment. The next thing that happens is, and you'll go through like a journey with it. And the next part is your digestion. And so there's these four variables and they actually go in layers. So the first transformation, the first variable is where we find digestion and our strongest sense, formerly called determination and cognition. And in that layer, it tells us how we best digest, digest food and information and in a way that nourishes us. So again, this part can feel unfamiliar if you're not in alignment with your strategy and authority, because that's the first part of like the level that you have to understand. So with you being closed taste, I'm closed taste as well. Closed taste is about someone who is designed to be rather selective and somewhat picky. And if you're not a picky eater, sometimes that language might not be the right word because I'm certainly not picky. But it means that you do really well with kind of a routine of what you eat. So you may find that like every day you have your coffee and then you have your smoothie and then you do this, you kind of have the same foods all the time. And then it's about um, after you've had the same foods for so long, it's about um, it's about like when you find something that you like new, introducing that in. And so it's kind of a more routine eater. So you may find that you align with that or maybe you're not there yet. I do I completely and every time people okay. ask me like what I do for dinners I'm like it's the same thing every night and people just don't get it <laughs> yeah like, just what it I do. works yeah and you know the other thing too is like that's really important for you like your your body nourishes itself the best way when that happens for you and um you know, I often find people who have like closed tastes or like in specific diets like vegans or vegetarians or yeah. they like certain different like protein heavy, whatever it is, like they like their kind of different area because it like, they like to be selective about what they put in their mouth. Like you may be someone that when you look at like a piece of food, like you grab it and you go, this isn't for me. Even if it's like the most amazing looking cupcake that like is made from, you know, the best baker in the world. Like you may literally be like, there's something about this that my body just, I'm closed off to it. So uh, it, it's some, it's just very selective. My eating. brain tends to override that. <laughs> like this looks yeah. so good. I'm having it anyway. <laughs> I know this well, is not going to be good for me. 
and you know, like your Zaylor nuance, there's, there's nuances to this, like you're a generator. So if it's lighting you up, I always <laughs> encourage that. Like if there's pasta one night, like if you want to eat pasta and pizza all week, like if that's lighting you up, I would say like, follow that, be intuitive, but also, you know, you have to be in touch with like, is this starting to make me feel kind of like yeah. frustrated? Cause I got a tummy <laughs> ache, you know, you have to acknowledge that. Um, and then the next layer is like your strongest sense, your cognition, which is basically the way that your body, um, it's like your super sense, almost like your sixth sense in the world. Do you know what yours is? Um, inner vision, uh, outer vision, feeling, feeling. Okay. Feeling. I'm, I'm the same. So feeling is, um, someone who just feels things at a deep level, like really like can feel the vibes without <laughs> even with like very sensitive without even, um, trying. So mm. Some people it's like inner vision where it's like they have this really imaginative inner world. And so for them, it, it kind of ties to eating where they can like all of a sudden they can um, like inv- visualize themselves eating something. And then like that is the right thing for them or not the right thing for them. Whereas like with feeling, it's like I just have a feeling this isn't going to be good for me or I have a feeling this isn't right for me to consume. And then so after you kind of get through that layer, the next one's environment, which just basically speaks to the environments you thrive in. It's more symbolic than literal. So if you have like um, what did you say yours was mountains? Mm. So if you're like mountains, it means, you know, you may like to be higher up. You may like when you go out to eat, like sitting at a high top table, you may like to put your desk near a window where you can look out. You like might like to be high up. You might like a balcony. You might like to just be above things and be able to observe what's happening around you. So that's a little bit about like your environments. The next layer is your perspective, which is basically the way your mind either zooms in or zooms out on things. And, um, we all have like a unique perspective as well, but you know, it's also called manifesting style, which is, there's this like whole area of human design called like pop HD. And I tend to be like kind of in the middle of like the like source versus pop. I don't know. I don't really like to identify myself, but the, um, manifesting style is something new because it's basically saying like, since this is your perspective and you can either zoom in or out, if you zoom out on things, you would have a non-specific manifesting style. And if you're designed to zoom in on things, you have a more specific. So something to experiment with. Again, you have to make sure you go digestion, then the next thing, the next thing. And then the final one's motivation. And motivation is what motivates your mind, what, how you are able to, it's like when you're listening to a conversation, what you pick out of the conversation. So uh, for example, someone who has like need motivation, they they may pick out what they need from like what they're hearing. Like, it's like mentally what they're picking out. It's actually the part that controls our mind. What am I mentally grabbing from this? Okay. This is what I need. Mine's hope. So I tend to grab things from conversations where it's like, what's the, what are we, what can we hope to happen from this? Let's, let's think about like what could potentially happen with fear. You might think about like, what could go wrong? What are we, what, what could happen? What are we, what can we do to stop this? What can we, how can we make sure we're safe? That might be the way that you hear people when they talk is you're picking out how can we how can we improve it so we don't end up, you know, something bad happen? Yeah. So that happens with um, people like you. So again, it's okay, like your mind that, processing that clears that up. Yeah. Cause I, that's exactly where I go. Like you just described me with the whole fear. What could go wrong? I love that. <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it can be hard because you're like fear, like that's my motivation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean? You know, I yeah. think my view in human design, I don't cover these in my guidebook, so I don't talk about it a whole lot, but like my view is survival. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I'm just like yeah. here to survive. But um, yeah, so there's, you know, like <laughs> it's so deep. <laughs> yeah. I, I brought those up specifically because um, I want to get your opinion on, you know, 
we're in this huge, I mean, influences societies now telling us what we should and shouldn't do in terms of health and well-being. It's coming to the forefront, which is really important because it needs to. Um, but how do we how do we decide what information we should be taking in in terms of the healthy stuff that we should be doing for our health and well-being? You know, in order to make sure it is true to our design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, like it's rather, it, it's less of like, I read that I'm closed taste and I should just do that. It's more about like what feels good in the moment for you. I always lean into that signature theme. Like what is going to feel satisfactory right now? What's going to satisfy me? What's going to bring me peace? You know, thinking about that, I think just starting there, that's going to help you nourish your body in ways beyond belief, you know, understanding your energy type. If you're a again, projector, manifester, or reflector, you're designed for a lot of rest. So that's, it's going to be important for you to learn how to rest more, to understand your energy. So if you just start with that, I think that's the best thing. I don't think that there is a one size fit all for, you know, like I always say human design, it's a journey, not a destination. So I I don't ever want to encourage anyone to like read about their human design and then try and like fit themselves into it. I want you to journey with it. And human design isn't a belief system. It's it's an experiment. So experiment with it. See what feels right. You can, if you want, like, you know, dive right into the variables. Again, the primary health system, part four of your guidebook, you can totally dive right into that and see what happens. You may find that like, it's not feeling right because you have to go back to basics, but you know, that's okay too. So it's, you know, just see what feels right. And, And if there's something that really resonates with you, you know, I invite you to lean in. Um, and if, you know, it doesn't, then I'm not here to convince anyone that, yeah. that it works or it doesn't like whatever's up to you. Amazing. Oh gosh. There's so many questions <laughs> I have for you, but um, I'll we'll be here for weeks. So <laughs> I could talk about human design forever. <laughs> How do we learn to trust the process of, yeah. of, of unbecoming to become our truest self? Mm-hmm. So I heard something recently that said that when we think about our lives, a anything we do is a risk. So whether we want to stay the same or if we want to make a change. And so when it comes to yourself and living your best life and, and, you know, trying to get making positive changes and, and whatever else transforming your life, it's like you either risk staying the same and not changing or, or you decide to, you know, take action and change and, and you still risk, you know, maybe you'll fail, maybe, maybe it won't work out, but again, it's a risk either way. So I think it's just important that you just, you know, experiment with it. Amazing. Leah, this has been so good. And the crazy thing is I feel like you've given so much and yet we've only scratched the surface. Oh, just the surface. Like there's <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. Not even, not even hardly scratching the surface <laughs> yeah exactly we're, we're just looking at it <laughs> yeah yeah how can people find you work with you and get to know more about this and themselves yeah so I am at the design of you on Instagram and I also have a podcast the design of you I've been somewhat in a uh, slowdown of episodes but maybe by the time this releases I'm doing an energy type series so tune in for that um and then um, my website's the design of you.com and I've got tons of different programs. I have a, a, an integrated human design and spiritual wellness journey. We just started the group yesterday. 
Um, but if you'd like to join as a one-on-one -on -one client, I, I take people and coach them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, the guidebook, I would say though, overall is the perfect place to start. So um, basically it's a 95 plus page guidebook to your unique human design and there's four parts to it. So it covers all of the foundations, then it gets into your energy themes and it gets into your gates and your purpose and your gifts and something called channels. And then it goes into part four, which is the kind of layers that we just talked about at the end here, your primary health system. And there's a workbook included checklist, little journal prompts. It's really this like guide for you to live your design. So I'd start there. But yeah, I do I do all sorts of stuff. So just the design of you.com, you'll find it all and you'll find links to everywhere else. And yeah. Perfect. We'll make sure we have all of those in the show notes. And I've yeah. got the guidebook. It is incredible. I mean, it just, yeah, it really does dive into again surface level, but it gives you just everything you need to move forward with this and um, give yourself the, the best chance of living your truest self. It's beautiful mm -hmm. and, and it's Thank aesthetically you. beautiful really as well. Thank you. Thank you. I will take that. Cause I, that took, I designed it myself and that yeah, was not easy. Gorgeous. I am not a designer. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will take that. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. If there's one thing for people to take away from all of this, what would you want that to be? Um, is just to, I mean, trust your intuition, listen to your body. Don't use your head. Um, just really listen to your body when it comes to making decisions. I think that it, again, it sounds so much more simple than it is, but I, I think that it's kind of the key. And I think the more that we move through the sort of paradigm shift that we're in right now, I think that that's going to serve you the most. Wonderful. And a new little bit to the podcast that I really enjoy doing um, is I love asking you to ask a question to the listeners. So what is one question you want this incredible listener right now to ask themselves today? Yeah. So I saw this towards the beginning of the year and I live in Orange County, California, and I do moon circles on the beach. And I came across this question the day of like a moon circle that I was hosting and I asked it to the group and it was like a mic drop of a question. So <laughs> the question is for you, can my current habits carry me to my desired future? So I'm going to leave you guys with that and see what you discover. Amazing. Definitely mic drop. <laughs> yeah, Leah, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with me today welcome. Thank you. That was Leah McLeod of The Design of You. Go head to a website where you can get your free chart and start discovering your human design. Like she said, you know, as long as you have an idea of your strategy and authority, you can start to use those in your life and, and at least become aware of those, you know, when you're making decisions, when you're in, you know, chatting in your friendship groups and in family and, and, you know, when you're trying to decide in terms of maybe your workplace and, and workload and um, even the hobbies that you're doing as well, like, you know, what feels really good, what resonates, what gets you motivated, all these little things you can start to incorporate in your life when you have a really good idea, idea of your human design. I just love it. And I would love to get Leah back on because... 
like I said, whilst we've sort of uncovered like the first few fragments of what this really is, it's so deep, so deep. So I would love to get her back on the show and talk about more of around purpose and um, showing up in in career and relationships and how we can navigate navigate those things as well. I would love to know your thoughts. Is that something that you would love to learn more about? Um, get in touch, whether it's over on the socials or on an email, wherever it is, please get in touch. I would love to know your thoughts and how you have taken in this episode today, whether it's your first time hearing about human design or maybe your you know your human design chart you've got it maybe you just haven't dived deeper into it like i never did in the in the first place and and maybe this is just reigniting that for you let me know i would love to hear from you thank you so much for tuning into this show i appreciate you I would love it if you could share this with your friends or leave a review because all of these really help the podcast continue to grow. Have the best day, week, month and year. Stay awesome and I'll catch you next time.